So I read on, um, I don't know if y'all follow Joe Osteen. I'm, I'm going to do a little joke before I start. Is that okay? Amen. So I was on Facebook, and I saw that they said that they're getting rid of trash bags in Boston. So no longer will you have trash bags in like Stop and Shop and Market Basket. So what are we going to do with our trash bags in our bathroom? Because I know I collect, I stock up. I say, Holy Spirit, turn that, you know, that cashier's face. So I can just, you know, grab mine. So I could have enough, you know? And I saw a post from a Haitian lady that said, what is all the Haitian people going to do with their lunch boxes? Because this is our lunch box. And so when I came up here, I was like, Lord Jesus, you know I love my trash bag. So Father, restore. If y'all want to, you know, make signs with me, and we're going to all pick it and say, save the trash bags. Amen? Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. But on a serious note, when Sister Nail was worshiping, she worshiped today. She, she let us know that we serve a mighty God. Amen. And the Lord said, you are coming out of this. I don't know what this is that you have been in for years, for weeks, for days, maybe since you were born. But God says this morning that you, my son, my daughter, you are coming out of this. Amen. Do you receive that this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to give honor and thanks to Bishop and Lady Carmen who are not here this morning. And I am privileged to be here. Honor to all the elders. Thank God for my brother and my sister who always support me. You know, I, sometimes I can be really annoying, you know, as a little sister. But I feel like that's my duty. Like God created younger siblings to be annoying. So, you know, so we can help y'all grow. So praise God for me to be in your life. Amen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Y'all don't know, my Lolo is my nickname. It's not my government name, but amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And I see some faces of those who came to support me, my former seminary sisters, Christine and Dawn. And praise God for my former co-worker, Friette, that's in the back, and my, my co-worker now, my director, Kim, has come to support me. So it's so good to see that people support what God is doing in my life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So the word of the Lord this morning is found in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 11, and then verse 19 from the New Living Translation. And it's on the screen as follows. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. 
Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up and stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Then verse 12 to 18, basically Peter took the opportunity to tell the Israelites about themselves. That's my rendition. He said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? Why do you stare at us as though we have made this man walk by our own power and godliness? It is God who has done this to bring glory to Jesus, the same one that y'all crucified. Yo, Peter was thrown shade. And he said, y'all were ignorant about it, but you know it had to be done for the scriptures to be fulfilled. Then he was humble. And verse 19 says, now repent of your sins. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Amen. In Acts chapter 9, verse 32 to 35, the healing of Aeneas. This is the Passion Translation. As Peter was ministering from place to place, he visited God's devoted ones in the village of Lydia, and he met a man there named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Anointed One, instantly and divinely heals you. Isn't that amazing that God has the power to just heal you like that? It doesn't have to take time, but God is able to do it just like that. Have you guys ever come out of something just like that? I know a lot of times we're in situations that seems like it doesn't, it takes forever. But there are some situations that you got to recall back to mind that God helped you get out instantaneously so that you know where you are right now. You're not going to be there forever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now get up and make your bed. All at once he stood to his feet, and when all the people of Lydia and Sharon saw him, they became believers in the Lord. The word of the Lord be blessed in our hearts this morning. Amen. This morning, we are going to be speaking about what it means to be in a state of paralysis and lameness. I'm going to call Denver over so he can begin the beginning of the demonstration. You better open that trash bag. Bless the name of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> I believe the Lord gave me this funky title of paralyzed because some of us do not realize that we're living in the state of paralysis or in a state of being lame in some area of our lives. And the Lord spoke to me and told me that some of us, I say us because there are some places that I have not moved forward in. So when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself as well. We're all together in this. And that you've been in this place, and we've been in this place for such a long time, we don't even realize that it's a problem anymore. So we just read about a man that was lame and known as the lame beggar in Acts chapter 3. And he was just lying there. I'm not going to have you lie down with the trash bag. Don't worry. And he couldn't get up. And this man has had countless people pass him by over the years. And while they're happily walking into the presence of God, he just stays there because he's unable to rise up from his situation and condition to join them. How many of you have ever been in a space where you feel like you're just lying down and you can't get up, and you've just been in the same season for such a long time? You're stuck. 
and some of you may be feeling stagnant. Everyone's moving forward but you, but you don't understand why you can't move. And this lame man, the Bible says that he has been sick since birth, stricken with illness since he was an infant. And so I didn't have any babies when the Lord gave me this demonstration last night, but I had to get the, the one that was the fairest skin of my teddy bears, you know, because it matches Denver. So this is Denver as a baby, okay? This is hypothetically speaking. We're just going to say this is, yeah, Denver as a baby. And what the devil tries to do, he doesn't just start from when you're a grown man or a grown woman. He tries to paralyze you when you're a child. He tries to say, oh, your child has asthma. Yeah, maybe they're hard of breathing, but that's not God's will. He tries to say that you have ADD. Yeah, maybe my kid gets distracted here and there, but that's not God's will. But he tries to cripple you from an infant. And all you do is you grow into the paralysis as you get older. And it just grips you tighter and tighter. You can hold the baby. You can go sit down. Yes. I'm going to need you later. So take out the trash bag. We only have one. Yes. Bless God. Thank you, Denver. Everybody give him a hand clap. Amen. Praise the Lord. So this beggar had been born this way, and he couldn't help being lame because that's all he knew. He only knew how to be sick. And some of us, all we know is what we're going through. All we know is how to be angry and frustrated and annoyed and unsatisfied and disappointed because you've been living this way for years. And it seems like nothing is ever going to change. But I have good news for you this morning that times of refreshing is coming our way. And your situation is going to change in Jesus' name. And for some of us this morning, life was going good. We had our five-year plan. So I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a nice job. I'm going to find a nice spouse. I'm going to have nice kids. Well, that's an iffy because not all kids are nice because I work with them. God bless their souls. I'm going to buy a nice house. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to travel the world. And the list goes on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, you realize that life doesn't always work according to plan. Life suddenly happened in Acts chapter 9 to Aeneas as well. Here the Bible says that he was paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. So that means a couple of years ago, this man was walking independently, enjoying life. And I can imagine him. He's chilling with his boys. He's hanging. He's moving forward. He's like, yeah, life is good. And then all of a sudden, he gets sick. All of a sudden, you lose a loved one. All of a sudden, you get into a dramatic car accident. All of a sudden, you become sick. All of a sudden, you lose your job. All of a sudden, people start walking away. Life just happens. And it's a condition that he didn't ask for. And it's a condition that most of us, we don't even ask for. It's not like we go to God's presence and we say, please, Jesus, please let the worst things in life happen to me in Jesus' name. No, we don't do that. And if you do, you're crazy. Amen? We don't pray like that. But for some of us, life has hit us on every side. The enemy has come to steal our peace. And we're just lying there not knowing if we're ever going to be able to recover from that very thing that has made us paralyzed. But what I love about the word of God See, there's always so many bad things in life that try to get us to think pessimistically. But God says, but there is another word. Jehovah has the final say. 
We can sing it, but we need to believe it this morning that God has the final say. It doesn't matter what mountain standing before you. doesn't matter if you're in the lowest valley. He says that he can go to the lowest valley and find you. That's what David said in Psalms 139. You can go to the highest mountaintop and God will find you there. Jehovah has the final say. And just like Brother Craig, if you're meant to keep living, there is purpose that is flowing out of you. For someone to drink from the living well, those who are thirsty will come and drink. And so for those of us that are still alive here, sitting in the congregation, there is purpose that is inside of us. And God is waiting for us to birth it out. Amen? So we're going to look at the definition of lame. I'll put it on the screen. So the definition of lame, in the Greek, lame is kolos, which means lamed, maimed, and halt. And what I found interesting was that the English definition of halt means to come to a stop and come to a standstill. So the previous verse that we read in Acts chapter 3, verse 2, was as we, he approached, they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. So if you change the word, it says as they approached the temple, a man halted from birth was being carried in. And if we use the definition of halted and change the word, because sometimes if you keep changing the definition and using the synonym, you can get a deeper understanding of what the Bible was trying to say. Or if God can give you another revelation of what he wants to see that can apply in our lives. And so then the Lord said, put stopped in. And it reads, as they approached the temple, a man stopped from birth was being carried in. Hold up the baby, Denver. Man stopped from birth. Amen. For some of you, the devil has tried to stop God's plan over your life since birth. Maybe your mom wanted to abort you. And it wasn't even her plan, but it was the devil's plan. But you're sitting here today by God's grace. He has tried everything he possibly can to cripple you emotionally and paralyze you with fear. And he's tried to stop you from getting to the place that God desires for you to be. And if any of you have ever been to Blessing Generation, raise your hand if you have, then you know, praise the Lord, exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? But thanks be to God that even when the devil tries to plot against your life, he is not the author of life. Jesus Christ is. And God will always provide for you. Amen? For some of us, our paralysis may not be a physical paralysis. We may not be walking with a limp or disabled. But this morning, you may be paralyzed spiritually mentally and emotionally and I'm going to get into this when a person is lame they can either be lamed from their feet down from their waist down I'm not a doctor so if y'all want to give me more information and knowledge later but I had to google some things amen and that's what I found on google so when you're lamed from the waist down or from the feet down, there's a possibility that, you know, you can move your arms and you can move your head and you can move your neck. And so you're not completely immobile. So there may be some areas that you feel like you're progressing and like, yo, we got this, Jesus. And then there's some areas that you're like, I don't understand why I'm still here. Do I have a witness this morning? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because there's something that's blocking your way and trying to keep you to make full progress in the Lord. And today there are some people that want to go into God's presence. You want to rejoice and worship freely like your brothers and sisters. Like you want to have, you know, your two minutes. But there's something that's keeping you from worshiping God. There's something, you have a dry praise and your worship is at a standstill. And you need to be healed in that area in your life. Some of us, it's because we hold God in our hearts. And that's why we can't feel him. Our hearts are numb to his presence. 
because life has made you paralyzed. Pain has made you paralyzed. Another definition, I know this is a heavy topic. We're going to get to the, the good stuff, amen? Good stuff is called freedom, amen? Something that else that I found about the definition of paralyzed, it means that you no longer feel pain in specific areas. That's called being numb. And if we're honest with ourselves, one time or another, we have been numb in God's presence or numb to this life. And we have done things to keep ourselves numb. We have injected things or drank things or ate things to keep ourselves numb to what God desires for us, for us to go. And the devil tried to keep us paralyzed. But freedom is here this morning. Amen? The next slide, please. We're going to go into the definition. See, y'all, I can't see. I got my glasses on, so the length side was already there. Bless the Lord. The next thing we're going to go into the definition of paralyzed, as we see is in Acts chapter 3, 9, verse 32 to 35. And in the Greek, the Greek word of paralyzed is paraluo, which means to loose from the side and feeble and to weaken. And the English definition is to make powerless or ineffective, to stun, to make senseless, groggy, and to bring to an end and destroy. The enemy has come to weaken your walk with the Lord. And the devil is not dumb. He comes in stages. So then, you know, your friends start gossiping about you. Or your boyfriend or girlfriend leave you, and then you start walking with the limp. But how many of you know, even if you're walking with a limp, you can still hop like a kangaroo, right, to what God desires for you. So he's going to keep hitting you and beating you down until you're laying down paralyzed and you can't get up from where you are. And I know that there are some people here, a lot of us here, that feel like you have been beaten down and you have no more in you to give. And God is saying, freedom is here for you this morning. And I keep repeating myself because it's hard when we go through it. But a lot of times all we hear is negative things. So we need to hear freedom is here for me this morning. So when it's time for me to grab it, I'm going to reach up my hands and I'm going to grab it by force. Because I don't want to be here anymore. Amen? The definition of paralyzed also means powerless as we have read. And some of us have become powerless in our flesh or to our flesh. We don't fight the way that we used to. We have been struggling with addictions, whether drinking, sexual immorality, pornography, no matter what it is, we are struggling and we can't get up. So I'm the type of preacher that God will send me up to say the things that are hidden so that we can bring them to the light so that God's people can be set free. Amen? Amen. And so you've been struggling with these habits that you can't shake and you've lost control in some area of your life. And you feel like you can't move. And some people, you may think that you're lazy and a procrastinator. Now, if I ask your mother or your father, they're probably going to say, yes, my son, very lazy. And my, my daughter, very lazy. All they do is watch TV. They're probably going to say that. And I have to have my Haitian accent. You see how they're all laughing at me? Because my mother probably would say that Lorene was very lazy in school, right? Bless the Lord, I pass. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen. That's why I'm here today. And you may be lazy and a procrastinator, but the enemy also has come to paralyze you and to cripple you and try to make you unmotivated. And he's brought lies and fear to paralyze you and to torment you. And he constantly tries to torment you in your mind. 
So for some of you, what you call lazy and procrastination is just the devil trying to distract you. And also, there is a fear for some of us of in finishing strong. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's happened to me before that you are fearful of being successful. It's either you're fearful of attaining success and getting there. Maybe you'll lose your faith or your salvation if you get everything that God says for you. Or it's just a figment of your imagination. Can you really be successful? And then there's a fear of failing as well. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, realize your paralysis and take authority over it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, realize your paralysis and take authority over it in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, because we have to encourage each other. We want to get out. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So the Lord told me that there are three areas that the enemy is trying to paralyze his people in. Next slide, please. I'm just going to keep saying that even though it's up. Oh, yeah, there it is. Amen. One is the fear of moving forward. Two is the fear of engaging in emotional intimacy with God. We also call him the father and with others. And three is the fear of failure and abandonment. I'm going to ask Denver to come back up for us visual learners. I'm going to go in my handy dandy lunchbox. Take out the things that I need. Amen. So this is what the devil does to us. What I said before, as an infant, you may be paralyzed, and then you just grow into your paralysis. And what he does is that he tries to make it tighter on you, to make sure that you are crippled to the point that you won't ever be able to move. So what he does, it's okay. Are your ankles touching? He just brings one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. Can I get any witnesses? Just when you feel like you got a break, you got your breakthrough, you did your two minutes, and then you leave here, something else happens. You get that text message. Someone's getting on your nerves. You get frustrated. You're in traffic again. Over and over and over and over again to keep you bounded. That was not supposed to happen. We did not practice that. Now turn towards the table. Are you, no, the, that's you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Denver. Isn't he a wonderful demonstrator? Praise God for Denver this morning. Amen. So this card right here represents your blessings, all of our blessings, the things that we're waiting for from God, the marriage, the business, the home, the children, the ministry, the degrees, the peace of mind. You see, not everybody's waiting for money from the Lord. Some of us just want a good night's rest without being tormented. Can I get amen? Amen. 
Some of us just want our family members to be healed and to be saved and to be delivered. And what the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to rob us from getting to our blessing. So what I want you to do is I want you to walk over. I didn't say do the twist. I didn't say hop. I want you to walk over to get your blessing without ripping the bag. You see, when you're in the state of paralysis, it takes more time to get to where God desires for you to be because you're crippled. And when you should have been here five years ago, the enemy is going to try to keep you here for 15 years. It looks funny, doesn't it? You can stop walking now. But he ain't going to go anywhere because he's all tied up. And some of us, because we're all tied up, we get discouraged, so we just stay there. We stay in our paralysis, and we allow the spirit of fear to remain in us and around us and to keep us from moving forward because it's more comfortable to sit in that position than to fight through to what God has for us. So we're hesitant because we think that maybe one day if we become untied, we will receive the blessing that God has for us. But is God really in that? Will God really meet us there? Because we've been here for so long and he's been telling us we're going to get there. But when we get there, is that really going to be true? Or was all this for nothing or in vain? And so we talk ourselves out of doing things. Maybe I shouldn't go here. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't get this degree. Maybe I shouldn't move here. Maybe I shouldn't apply for this job. And instead of running to the blessings of God, we run away from them. And some of us, we are just obedient, obedient to the Lord. We want to fulfill what God is telling us. So we go to church, we read the Bible, we fast, we do all the things that God is telling us to do, but yet we are still stuck. We're walking in circles. We're struggling with repetitive cycles, and something is holding us back. And I know I keep saying something is holding us back, and I keep repeating myself, but do you know that repetition is the art of learning? And so either we can deny that there's something wrong, we can keep living the way that we're living as usual, or we can do something about this this morning. Amen? So what I'm going to do, Denver, I'm going to bring the table closer to you to see if you can, go, you can get to it a little quicker. All right. There you go. <laughs> Denver, 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 Denver. <laughs> Almost there. All right, now stop. Now, if you couldn't get to it entirely, what would you try to do? Bend over and reach for it, right? So he could bend over and reach for it with his arms. So it looks like he's moving, right? But it's just an illusion. So what the enemy tries to do is try to make us think that we got it all together when we don't. Like, for example, we graduated college. We got our dream job. But yet, we don't trust the Father completely in our hearts. We believe that God can do some things for us in our lives. He can help us graduate, and he can help us find a job. But can he really help us find the right mate? Can he really help us find the right friends and accountability partners? Because maybe trusting people in the first place is what got you in that condition. And that's why you're in a standstill. I don't know. And some of you, you may be in school and you're striving, you're getting good grades and you're passing all your classes, but yet your spiritual life is dry. And it's at a hall, it's at a standstill. You don't even pray in secret anymore. But God is saying, today is your day for freedom.
Amen. Amen. Just one more demonstration, then we're acting. Praise the Lord. So some of us, we're paralyzed in our minds. We can't move forward. Blessings right there, but you can't get it because your mind's saying you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough to receive what God has for you. So you just sit there, complacent, whether it's in sin or being paralyzed and lame. And the English definition of one of them that we already went over of being paralyzed is to stun to make senseless or groggy. It's as if the enemy has used a stun gun on you to send an electric shock throughout your entire body, paralyzing your mind to make your decisions unclear and your perceptions of God and yourself become foggy. So you feel powerless in your mind and you think you have the incapacity to act because of what the devil has told you. Like I said before, he makes you think you're not good enough, you'll never make it, you're a failure. And you battle these thoughts day in and day out. This spirit of paralysis is really a tormenting spirit to keep you bound right there. And for some of us, God has placed so many things in our minds for us to do, but we can't do it because we're bounded and we're tied up. And fear has gripped us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So if your brain is paralyzed and your brain is the warehouse to send signals to your entire body and it's supposed to communicate to your legs to move forward, but if you're always thinking, you're always in your thoughts and you're always thinking you shoulda, coulda, woulda, and you can never catch a break in your mind if your brain is bounded and it can't communicate to your legs and you're never gonna be able to move forward. You have to get this to be untied before you can get that to be untied. It's a process, and this is what God is taking us through this morning, the process of unbounding his children, unchaining his children so we can receive everything that he has for us. Amen? That's a good, that's good news this morning, that God is so patient and has brought me here to say that I am willingly able to do this for my children if they just come into my presence and say, help me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name, O oh God. And something else that the Lord has told me is that when our minds are bounded, we can't even imagine anywhere else to go. So when the Bible says that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask for or think, it sounds really good, but if you can't really think about what God is trying to do, you're not really going to be able to get there or try to imagine what God's going to do. It's going to be harder to get there. And God is here to restore our faith this morning. Amen? So when the opportunity does come our way, we won't miss it because of the paralysis, because of the lies of the devil. But we'll be able to receive the fullness of the Father. 
Amen. So I mentioned that fear was something that paralyzes us. And two other things that paralyze us are sin and generational curses. And the worst thing about a generational curse is that most people are unaware of them and that their struggle is beyond them. And somewhere along the line, someone has made a choice that has impacted you without your permission. And it's not your fault, but through the power and the blood of Jesus, he is able to break every curse and every yoke and set you free so that it stops with you. You are called to be the chain breaker. You are the generation that's going to praise God. And everything that has happened with you does not have to happen with people around you. It doesn't have to happen to your children. God is going to raise you up to educate them so that they can, he, his newness can be in them and it can start afresh with them. Amen? Amen. So the next slide, please. This is my last point. When you're paralyzed or lame, you'll find yourself in a place of isolation. And in isolation, that's when the enemy can really get us and tear us down. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you can't do this on your own. You need help. Turn to your other neighbor that thinks they got it all together and tell them that you need help. I want you to point to them and say, you need help. Notice how you were pointing. You got three other fingers pointing back to you, telling you that you need help too. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The sad reality about asking for help is that it's hard for us to ask the Father for help and for anything because we believe that this is all that God has for us, that this is our fate, that this is what God is calling us to. He's calling us to struggle. But God says that his blessings make us rich and he add no sorrow to it. The process to get to it may be a struggle, but he's walking with you along the way. So you don't have to struggle. All you have to do is lean on the everlasting arms. Amen. And just like this lame man, some of us, we don't really believe if we ask, it's going to be given to us. So we just stay there. But what I love about the Lord is that this commentator, this is what he said. He summed up the biblical story like this. This lame man's expectations were raised when he went from asking for alms and he got a cure instead. And so sometimes when we're asking God for something and we don't believe that we're able to get it, he'll raise our expectation for it. So for some of us, you may be asking for a job and the Lord is saying, I'm trying to give you more than that. I'm trying to make you a CEO of your own company. Some of you are trying to find a house for you to rent. And the Lord's just like, no, I'm trying to give you a mansion. He raises our expectation in him. And when we don't know how to ask, Bishop has been teaching us, we go in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, we ask the Holy Spirit who makes intercessions for us, then teaches us, and he intercedes on our behalf. Look at Peter that denied Jesus three times. He said before then that, Peter, I prayed for you so that Satan wouldn't swift you away like wheat. And there is a lot of us that Jesus is praying for us that even when we're in this condition, he's saying, you're not going to stay in this condition, but I'm going to help you to get to the blessings that I have for you and that I am praying for you. I don't know if you feel that, but there are times when I'm going through something and Jesus will tell me, Lorena, I am praying for you. When you feel like no one is around you, I am interceding at the right hands of the Father and I'm praying for you to make it. And you will not remain in this condition. And some of you need to hear that. 
because you're depending on other people's prayers and you're like, God, their prayers aren't doing anything for me. But Jesus is saying, but I am standing up. And if I be lifted up, watch what I will do for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless your name in this place, God. So we need help to get out of our paralysis. In Acts chapter 3, we read, Peter and John looked at him intently, the lame beggar. And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at him eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have silver and gold for you. It's Peter that grabbed his attention because Peter had the key to hope for this lame man. So what are you looking at and to for your sense of hope and healing this morning? You may be looking in the wrong place. This lame beggar was looking from the hands of anyone that would just give him something. And some of us were turning to and fro to different things and different avenues, looking for a sense of peace. And God's saying, I'm not in that. But if you would just turn your eyes into the hills and look up into where your help comes from, your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He was begging for silver and gold, but it was a miracle and a breakthrough that he was in need of. So you need someone this morning that's going to look at your cause, that's going to touch you, and know that God is going to bless you for the rest of your life. You need people who are going to be around you and not just going to sit there and say, that's just so-and-so, and they've always been like that, and they've always had an attitude problem, and no one can speak to them, and only God can help them. You need people that are going to look at you and say, no, right now, the Lord is calling you out of this. And they're going to reach down and pull you out. Those are the type of friends that you need. Because you're looking to be with friends with some people that God is saying, I have not assigned these friends to be in your life. Because they can't pray you through the situations that you're going through. All they can do is help you sin instead of helping you win. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We need someone that's going to tell us, I don't think it's a coincidence nor an accident that every day you have been placed in front of the gate called beautiful. And he was settled there every day in front of this gate called beautiful, but yet he was in an ugly situation. And you may be feeling like you're in an ugly situation, but the Lord says that in his word that he makes everything beautiful in his time and that he gives you beauty for ashes. And he'll give us grace to wait on him this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So what Peter and John were able to do, they were able to give this man Jesus because they knew Jesus, they walked with Jesus, they talked with Jesus. They had the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them to break this lame, lame man's paralysis. Amen? So when we're walking with Jesus and we're talking with Jesus and we're just praying and we're worshiping God and we're like, yes, Lord, I believe you. Yes, God, send me to the nations. Yes, God, I believe that you are a worker of miracles. We're not just going to walk into the temple and just leave someone that's in their paralysis on the ground but we're not going to pass them by. This is what we're going to look like. We're going to say, yes, God, I praise you. Yes, God, I worship you. Yes, God, what is going on over here? And we're going to be stopped in our tracks to help our brothers and sisters because the Bible says that the anointing breaks every yoke. How many of you believe you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in you this morning? 
So you're able to break the yokes off of your brothers and sisters. And then you begin to pray for them. Can someone hold this mic for me? You begin to pray for them and declare that in the name of Jesus, I break off depression. In the name of Jesus, I break off anxiety. In the name of Jesus, I break off poverty and lack. In the name of Jesus, everything that you have lost, you shall recover in Jesus' name. And you just declare it and they will receive it. And then the best thing that I love, is that Peter and John, they didn't leave this man behind. I don't think they could because he was holding on to them like, no, I want this Jesus. But yet they walked happily into the temple with this lame man so he was able to receive the same Jesus that they received. Now this is for you. And I know it's not a coincidence that the Lord had me choose you for about two weeks now to receive this blessing because he sees you, Denver, and he knows you by name. And everything that has tied you in the past, everything that's even trying to keep you bounded right now, I declare in the name of Jesus and I prophesy strength is coming into your situation. And his name is Jesus. And you will be victorious and win. In Jesus' name. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's give God a hand praise in this place. Thank you, God. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I don't believe that our God is a halfway healing God. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up. But our God is a God that heals all the way. Once he begins a good work, he's going to fulfill it until it comes to completion. How many of you believe this this morning? Let's just lift up our hands and begin to worship this sovereign God that's going to set us free.